Hey everybody, welcome to the Mountain Deer Podcast. My name's Rodney Elmer, and we're here to talk deer. I'm here with my co-host and my oldest boy, Ryan Elmer. How are we doing, guys? And then the little fella who he walks around in the woods and shoots 200-pounder in a day and a half, like pretty lately, <laughs> uh, every year, three of them in a row, Casey yeah. Elmer. That's me. And troublemaker. And actually, he's the problem solver. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> And then we have the wizard of the computer in diving through clear cuts. Yeah. Taylor Elmer. I, I try to, when I, when I dive through them, I try to stay upright as much as I can. <laughs> Some t- I, he can selfie and run through stumps and logs everywhere. Well, it's my generation, man. We're yeah. born with that superpower. <laughs> the selfie power. Da-da-da-da, millennial. Got a couple, three different subjects to talk about today. Um, the biggest one that came first to mind was uh, a fella I saw on other social medias like how do you handle buck fever you know like when you're you're getting really rattled the deer's coming in you got to coax yourself through it and like for any of the new hunters out there um, this is a big thing Um, it definitely is and it can be the same thing um, for even older people or people who shot lots of deer, um, seasoned hunters, I've watched them fall apart and start yeah. right in quivering, <laughs> right? A lot of times it's dependent on what's about to happen. And when they get like, they, they see the thing coming in the distance and it's nothing but a brush pile on top of a deer, they start rattling and their heart starts going. And I want to discuss some of the things that, that go, are going on, like when it first happens and then as you coax yourself, coach yourself yeah. through it. How to deal with buck fever. Yes, and, and just like that's the subject for today. And and then we got a couple other ones that we want to touch on too that have been just kind of stuff that we've been yakking about in the last couple of weeks here. Put some things to rest, hopefully. Yeah, with a whole bunch of people, and let's, that's where we're headed today. Uh, so I think uh, we should probably talk to the Buck Fever King uh, over there. Here at the square table. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, uh, what is Buck Fever? A lot of people hear about it all the time. What? What else, What is it? What was it to be? It was an abundance of excitement and adrenaline all at the same time. Yeah. Um, Has it changed over time? Like the symptoms? Kind of. Now, what, what were your first symptoms and like what are the symptoms now? <laughs> My first symptoms were freezing up, completely just... You're so overwhelmed in the moment. You don't know how to react and you don't dare move because you don't want to mess it up. Right. So you literally, like um, with my biggest buck, the one in Canada, mm-hmm. we, we have that video on our YouTube channel. Uh, Beaver Fever right. is the name of that deer just because uh, my name is Beaver and I had fever and not Jardia. But uh, <laughs> Beaver, basically, a bullet in it. <laughs> to, kind of, to kind of round off the story a little bit, um, a good friend of ours, Jeff, he shot the captain. Uh, you, check him out on our channel too he's he's an awesome guy great character him and i were hunting in canada and we're sitting on this rock we hear some scratching and of course that's when start i start getting wound up because this is the first time i'm in not necessarily the big woods because i've been in the big woods but this was even bigger this is the you know canada this is canada ontario maybe way out way out in the middle of literally nowhere so when you're when you're getting wound up what does it feel like i get he freezes i get well i freeze up but like you get uh a cold sweat the shakes your breath quickens your heart palpitates really quickly and your mind starts racing with all these possibilities that you're trying to anticipate but you don't dare move at this all the same time because you don't want to spook the deer 
Well, the deer ends up coming in and it makes wind of us and runs off. And I just, all I see is bone going through the woods and I just, I couldn't do anything about it. I'm just like, oh, look at that thing. Biggest deer I've ever seen in the woods in my life at that moment. And it was just gone. And Jeff's like, well, what do you want to do? I'm like, well, I'm going to calm down for a minute and just let everything kind of settle. And I was like, well, let's just go after it. So we start after the deer and we're tracking him down and we're going and we're going. And Jeff's behind me, he touches my shoulder and just stops me and says, right there. I look ahead and I see the deer staring at me from behind this tree. And he's on me, you know, just like a dog in a park. The deer it just zeroed right in on you. So he's like, okay, get your gun up. And I'm just, okay, here we go. And I'm the shakes kick in. I got the cold sweat starting to come on a little bit. Heart's racing. I think they're coming right now. They are. I'm reliving the moment here. I can tell. <laughs> so I picked the gun up. I put it on the deer. And he says, okay, now just shoot it. So I shoot. And the deer, I missed the deer. I hit a birch tree between me and the deer i when i shot i pulled i didn't squeeze the trigger so in my excitement and in my moment of buck fever that i was having i just yanked on the trigger so that pulled the gun a little bit and i ended up shooting off a tree and the little two inch sapling fell over well the deer tips his head like what was that and steps forward around the tree and comes a full deer length closer and like, what was that? And he's like, I don't never seen people before. And he's just like, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And I froze. Couldn't move. All I can see is deer and the thing's not moving. And it, to me, he's a giant. I mean, he's only, he's only got a 17 inch spread. A lot of people have shot way bigger deer than that. But, and all I see is deer face and antlers. And I just don't know what to do. And Jeff goes, Beaver, put another bullet in. I'm like, and I'm just... <laughs> he grabs my hand, brings it to the bolt, makes me grab the bolt and start r- running the action. I'm like, oh, I need to reload. Yeah, you need to reload. So I reload. And he says, now just shoot it. Okay. He's like, relax. I'm like, okay. Take a big deep breath. And the deer's not going anywhere. He's just sitting there staring at me. He's got no reason to run. He doesn't know any better. And then I just put it on. He said, just shoot him. So I put it on him and shot he sucked that bullet up, turned, kind of buckled, and fell on his front legs a little bit, and then got back up on his feet, and he was gone. And it happened in seconds. Right. And at that moment, now I'm really getting wound up because, oh, my God, I just shot a deer. Shot the biggest deer in my life. My first buck is just... Right. Because how old We are you? could go around the corner, and it could be a giant laying there. Oh, yeah. my God. And I didn't... <laughs> and I was 17. Yeah. You were... 17. Is, yeah. And I was a junior in high school. Yep. Yeah. So... He's like, okay. So he takes out the camera and we're talking a little bit and he's talking. I'm trying to talk and I'm stuttering. Can't get my thoughts squared away just because I'm so excited about what's going on. And then we took some time for me to bring my adrenaline down. And in moments like that, it's pretty difficult just to relax. You know, the biggest year of your life just was in front of you. You just shot it. Who knows what? There's so many variables now. You don't know what to wrap your brain around. And I think that's really the trouble with having buck fever and trying to make good decisions is because you don't know what to do next, especially as a new hunter, mm-hmm. or if this is like the biggest year of your life kind of thing, or the biggest game of your life, giant moose, big turkey. Some of the most you've ever been rattled. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. First one's definitely usually the biggest buck fever you get. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. What was it? First, first rifle season you and I went out, dad. Mm-hmm. 
we walk out and there's beautiful snow, three inches of snow, walk out and there's a deer track. And of course, I don't know anything. I have dad's 30-30, walking up the hill, go out. It's maybe 225 yards or whatever. See the deer track, walk up. Dad's analyzing it, looking it over. And I'm like, oh, in La La Land. And dad's like, the deer is right here. And so we go up the hill really easy. And there he is. It's a nice little four or six pointer. And I just, I, I'm like, I, I really want this deer. So dad, dad kneels down and puts his knee down and I rest on his knee. But when I pull the trigger, I yank it just like what Ryan did mm-hmm. with his, with the birch tree. And it, it shot underneath him. And I got a little tiny bit of white hair from his belly. And you could see the bullet hole right in the snow. Deer goes and just runs and runs and runs. And, and dad's like, well, maybe let's just try it, Dad. He knew in the back of his mind. Missed him. Yeah. <laughs> Missed him clean. So I can of see course, the snow fly under his feet. So. That's right. Mm-hmm. And so then we're, and of course, we tried, tried, tried. And I was so, so adamant to get that deer because it's like, I can do it. I, I want to get it really bad, really bad. And of course, when you're trying to get it, that's when things happen. Um, yeah. That was one of my, that was my first, definitely my first buck fever moment. That was the one I can remember off the top of my head, the first. And it was basically, it was, wanted to get it done right now and it's like it has to get done this way and Mm. that's what ended up prior to what screws you up when you're young is that you haven't had a lot of practice in things practice messing up yeah you don't have much real world experience the the autopilots half of you is um set up to practice and when you've practiced things a lot the autopilot just automatically does it's like driving a car riding a bike you have that autopilot where you you always put you know your foot on the pedal and you do it and you lean and Mm -hmm. you you know and you're not actually thinking about what you're doing because you've done it so many times when you're brand new and you're almost like psychoanalyzing and and there's this fear of not having it go well in the back of your mind Mm -hmm. and here's this big exciting moment that you've been waiting for for so long and you've been working towards and that you want really bad and here it is and and of course you want to see success and it's easy especially at trigger pull time to move the gun inadvertently or peak mm-hmm. right Peaking it's real easy really to, big, to, to big pull it too. yeah to pull it to the side to the right or the left um, generally, like if you're right-handed and you're, you're pulling the trigger with the right hand, you'll yank it to the right. You know, you'll, you'll over-pull and you'll pull things to the right some. It's also easy, like, to pull downwards right, and want to get it. the gun out of the way so you can see the deer, you know, as you shoot. Yeah. Um, like with Casey's That's instance, he was using iron sights. And, of course, that covers up a lot of your picture of what you're seeing. Yep. And then you don't you have to imagine the bullet going through the deer and beyond, right? Mm-hmm. You're shooting completely through the deer, right? Yep. And it's easy to just kind of pull the trigger, get the gun out of the way at the same time. And um, the other thing is like, especially for young people, their recoil can be a part of it where they, they've shot a little bit. They've gotten a little gun shy, boy. Mm-hmm. They know how big and powerful the gun is when it goes off. And it's real easy, again, to almost close their eyes as they're pulling the trigger. Because they're in, in, in anticipation uh, yeah, of the recoil. Of the they recoil. flinch. Right. Yep, yep. So, so, as they flinch. so there's a flinch that either, you know, generally goes left or right or downward. Yep. You know, although once in a while they, they might go high too, but generally that's not the case. It, it would be more likely to have the bullet go high if they were resting on something. Right. And, and they'll, they'll crunch into it and whatever they're resting the gun barrel on doesn't move. Yeah. So it's a tipping point. downward and kind of pull themselves in getting ready for the recoil or whatever. And then, it, then it can go high. But yep. so how do you, how do you solve buck fever? 
I guess. Well, number one is always practice. You know, when you, when you use a a nail hammer over and over and over and over again, and and you practice tons and tons, that's one of the things I did to you guys was I put the bullets right to you. You guys practice like crazy, especially with smaller caliber 22 and stuff. You guys shot 22 and and you'd go through a brick of 500 (laughs) and I'd give you 500 more. And I'd say, just shoot till you're bored. And then you're going to shoot some more Mm -hmm. and we're going to cover up your sights and you're going to learn to point and shoot too. I mean, we're going to shoot look down the side you're like bored with it, you know, so that it's, it's an autopilot, just do it type thing. The other thing is like that fear that creeps in, especially number one, wanting to get the deer really does a lot to you, right? You want it and you don't want it to get away. Here's your chance. And, and that's also coupled with the pressure from especially adults. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you have somebody young and they're with an adult, there's a little bit of pressure there to do well. And they, the, the, the younger person generally wants to, or even it doesn't have to be a younger person. It could be an older person, their first time hunting or whatever, right. Easily or, be an their, adult. or their fifth time or their 10th time hunting mm-hmm. and their, their, or even their fifth or sixth or 20th time shooting at a deer. I mean, it, right. it can come along at most any time, but that, that pressure, there's like a self-imposed kind of pressure on it to do well. And that can sometimes screw it up because now the autopilot isn't working real good and the emotion gets in the way. And now, you know, all the, the overthinking comes in. The other thing too, uh, for me, especially with, uh, with beaver fever was my first year was a doe and that didn't go in my mind the way I wanted it to. It was right. four shots with a muzzleloader and I had to finish her off. Right. So, and of course you go through something like that as your first year as a kid in mm-hmm. youth season and you don't want to see an animal suffer. And so you want it to be over quick and painlessly as, as, as much as you can. Right. So the anticipation, like you said, you want it to go well. And so there's some hesitation there. You're just like, well, I want this to go well and I want to do right by the animals. So I'll just, yeah, and then now you have another thing on top of the buck fever that you or the uh, the deer fever if you're shooting a doe for the first time, and that's coming in and causing some more anxiety and more issues. It, it of course, it, it almost seems to happen more with a bow and arrow because there's more uh, muscles involved. Yeah, like you know, and you're you're required to, to really hold it steady. Your muscles are under a lot of tension and work. Uh, you're excited. You can be cold. Um, there's a whole slew of things that uh, with a bow, I mean, I, I think I shot at probably eight or 10, 15 deer and didn't touch a one of them. Well, it just kept firing. Well, part, of, part of that is the, the exposure time to the thing that's stimulating you, mm-hmm. right? Because yes. when you're, when you're, you know, say you're in a stand with a bow, you're going to see the deer coming for a longer period of time. You have to mm-hmm. wait for a better shot because with a bow, it's just as important, if not more important to have better shot placement than it is with a rifle because right. shock is way better than, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So if you're sitting there and this thing that's, you know, getting you wound up is there in front of you for a very long time. Yeah, more right? time. And you yeah. have more time to realize what it is that you're doing. Like when it, when you're tracking a buck and all of a sudden you look up through the woods and there he is and he's standing there with that big beautiful rack and you pick it up and you go bang after you find a good shot, right? All of that happened in a few seconds. You almost didn't have like, time to get That's one of the up. things like the reason why I didn't chime in in the beginning is cuz mm-hmm. I haven't had buck fever yet. Right. Yours have been all Cuz all of mine quick. have the, the the amount of time between when you realized it was a buck and that you could get a shot and then shooting it the adrenaline and all that pours in as soon as the shot's done, mm-hmm. right? Like on, on my first 200 pounder, I was only on the track for 10 minutes. 
I came up over this little bump. I'm standing there, and he gets up out of the bottom of this little kind of like a cut, strip cut, little V between all these really hilly kind of junk woods, and he hops up out, and there he is, right? He literally jump, jump, and he, when he's landing on the second one, I bang right right back into him, right? And I, I only had seconds, if any, amount of time. Like, it all happened so quick. Right. You just went on instinct, Right? Yeah, you, your practice you, of drawing. You saw though, what you saw. Yeah. You confirmed. You knew it. You picked up your gun. You got a good shot placement. Everything was perfect. You pulled the trigger and bang. And yep. now the buck continues out and you just like come apart completely because all of like the, oh my God, right? It's not just like you just saw the deer and he's coming in. It's, I just saw him. He just got up and what if? And oh my God. And all these, all of it hits you at once completely. All right. the emotions of a hunt hit you at once because yeah. you haven't had any time. Well, that, and there's a, a fair amount of positive anticipation or negative anticipation. Both. Like exactly. I might've missed. And it's simultaneous. Or I think I hit him. You yeah. Know, mm-hmm. That I think I hit you him always, and I'm going to end up with a giant here will really yeah. wind you up. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Especially when it's a big one. When yeah. it's a big one. Something you, you just, really want. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. of course, there's not really any cure for buck fever after the fact when you have like a really quick scenario that goes down like that the only thing that cures that kind of like wound up adrenaline buck fever that happened after you take the shot and all that that's just you have to take a second to chill yourself out and let the let the moment and where you are and whatnot settle you down yeah when you have a deer that's coming in you have to manage it a lot better because you haven't had a chance to make the shot yet it's similar to like a lot of a lot of people say they they get really lightheaded and things like that before they talk in in, in public speaking. Yeah, stage fright. Stage fright, same thing. You and a lot of people that are seasoned public speakers, they do the Grammys, all the people that are host those shows get it anyway. And so it's, it's yeah. they don't get rid of that stage fright and it's the same thing as you really don't get rid of uh buck fever, you just kind of tame it a little you bit. You manage it. Yeah. That's and, right. And it comes through exposure most of the time. Yep. Mm-hmm. The but, more you do it and the more you put yourself in the scenario of being in front of deer and the more deer you get and the more deer you shoot, eventually the being really, really wound up to where you're just falling apart yep. like wears off. And the the least amount of stake the, the, you put less stake in getting the deer as well because it's not necessarily the deer that is why you hunt. That's a good point. Yep. If you if you don't really want the deer that bad. It's not as right. Bad. And the deer is not the biggest part of the hunt for you. Right not really your real goal yep. it's, it helps it's not going to wind you up as much right it helps to yep. it's easier to talk yourself through it yeah the other thing too that helped me a lot is especially with my with my deer and can't my ontario buck having that moment where you just completely fall apart you once you've had that experience now you know the thresholds and reference points to all i'm coming to the the moment of the height of the of the fever here and so now you have some good points to be like, okay, I'm starting to get excited. I need to start chilling out. It, and it helps you get back to reality in a mm-hmm. lot of ways. And the last few deer I've shot since him, I've been able to just coach myself through it because of knowing how I respond and react to the, that kind of a situation and knowing yourself too. It's like, okay, I'm starting to get wound up. And for me, I just tell them, I literally say out loud, the deer staring at me and it's like, just relax. You have all the time you need. And I just put it on it and I shoot. Mm-hmm. And you literally have to, and don't, if you got to say it out loud, say it out loud. <laughs> the deer doesn't care, especially if they're giving you time. You'll know when you have time to, to, to coach yourself because when you don't, the deer's already gone. That's right. So, and it all happens so quick. 
You just, you, you have to find different methods for you to be able to work through yourself in the moment. And like you guys were saying, it's exposure. You have to know yourself well enough to say, okay, I need to do this to help me here and to manage and work through it. Okay, just relax. Do this, do that. Yeah, okay. Just, you got all the time in the world. And that's the biggest key to remember. You have all the time you need. You have all there is. You have all the time there is. (laughs) So use it as effectively as possible to get the job done. And when it comes to your practice, you're going to like you, you, one of the easiest parts to practice is like coaching yourself through it, you know, talking yourself through a situation, you know, next time you get really mad or something, talk yourself through it, right? You coach Mm -hmm. yourself through stressful or weird situations and you get used to doing that. Yeah. The other thing is like with your shooting practice or whatever, I, I would, I would always take off and run a hundred yards and then come back and then pick up the gun and of course it's boom, 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 right? Your heartbeat mm-hmm. and you're watching your heartbeat in the scope and you're trying to hit that little tiny, you know, golf ball size target at 200 yards and you're holding on to the 22, 250. And in that, you know, 23 power scope, you watch that ba-boom, 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 oh, yeah. ba-boom. It's, it's you can wicked. see it right in the rifle, you know, and you lay down and you put it right there and you're trying to go in between heartbeats and you, you learn to, Right, take in that mm-hmm. nice breath and let it out and get yourself good and oxygenated and then half a breath out and relax and tighten, 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 tighten and, and just keep. Of course, you, you'll always wiggle. Always. And you want to make sure that your target is in the middle of the wiggling. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not wiggling above the target or wiggling below the target and then it'll miss. Target you, centered of your wiggle. That's right. And then yeah. not, don't worry about the little tiny bit of wiggle, but just keep it centered and just keep that squeeze the same and let that rifle surprise you and that thing goes off, boom, and it goes right in there. And there it goes. Or, or even like um, we, with, with archery equipment, we would do a lot of moving targets. Um, we would take a string and hang it in front of the bales and put a stuffed animal on the string or something and then start it swinging back and forth so it was moving around and -hmm. it was going back and forth and it learned you learn to get your timing and when when it's moving and it's a live and active thing and you shoot at it and you just kind of leading the shot yeah just flinging it at it just just throw it at it and it was amazing that after a while you didn't even think about it and you just instinctively shoot at a moving target at 25 30 yards going back and forth and you just go punk and it'd go right in there and it it really comes to you and in the shooting part of it when you stress yourself out a little bit you get a little more heart rate you get a lot more breathing or something and then you you learn to chill your your breath, your breathing, and your wiggling, and you're just relax, get in the zone. The other thing is like there's this window when you're aiming at something where you're wiggling like crazy at first, and then it settles, and then it's like the calmest it's going to get, mm-hmm. and then it goes back to wiggling again, and then you settle it, and then it goes back to wiggling again, but it's crazier. Mm-hmm. right you've been at it longer your muscles are getting a little sore and sometimes like my third wiggle but would be fairly calm but when you learn the the calmest part of your wiggle and you just boom and you touch that thing off then now it works for you all the time and and you it, it helps like crazy and a lot of people will be like i've got to hold it exactly exact and a lot of times you you really don't it's not going to be that perfect mm-hmm. you know unless it's way way out there 
But when you practice those things, those are two of the parts you can practice. You know, when you're really freezing cold and you're in a tree stand and it's a super frosty night and you hear a grunge, 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 and you say, and you look and you see the horns and here it comes and all the noise and you're frozen and now you're so excited and you're cold and your leg starts bouncing up and down and you almost can't hold it still. You know, those kind of things, you almost have to do them. And right. you have to do them on a steady basis as much as you can to like coax your coach yourself through it and, and get, get it figured out. It, it's one of those things that just practice, practice, practice. And then also to learn your zone. It's important to be in the zone, right? If, right. if you're swimming and you're going for an Olympic medal, are you thinking about anything but le- much less what you're doing? Of course no. not. You think about just what you're doing and getting yourself to, to feel really good about the outcome. And staying in the zone is key. And we, we're in the zone a lot when it comes to all of us being together. Mm-hmm. We joke and laugh and we're, we're like there's this really friendly, nice ourselves that just comes out. Yeah. And we just do it. Well, you're living in the present too. Yeah. You're, you're not right worried about all yesterday. In the moment. You're not worried about what's coming tomorrow. Right. You're just focused on what's at hand. Yeah. And when you get in the zone, you do amazing things. Oh, yeah. That's, you know, you got to be in the zone when you take a snowmobile and you jump 50 yards over a road. Everything you got to be in the zone. Everything right? just falls into place. Yeah. yeah. Now, it might not be, it could go wrong, but, you know, people do incredible things when they're completely in the zone and mm-hmm. they pull it right out. They just do it, right? So if you can summon that and get that, just autopilot, just watch this, and you have that positive feeling and positive thought in your mind of ending exactly the way you want it to, right? It's like taking the three-point shot and everybody's watching and the buzzer's about to go. Yep. You just slow time down and you just boom and you throw the thing and you don't even think about it and it goes swish and it goes right in there. It, like throwing bean bags or horseshoes or bowling or anything. You know before you even let it go that That's it's right one. on the button. And when yep. you do that a lot and now you just have that great feeling of right on the button, mm-hmm. watch this, and it goes boom right in there. You aim from the stars, right? Because if you miss, you're still up there, right? Right. (laughs) Shoot for the moon and end up in the stars, right? Right. You know, you just got to do it. And that good, nice feeling and the good, nice feeling, including a positive outcome, staying positive and saying, watch this, right? That you pick up that little hair and you aim at that little hair and you don't worry about the rack. You're not worrying about the whole deer. You pick that little tiny spot and you think about shooting that little tiny spot and you let everything go and you just go boom and you shoot that little tiny spot and the thing's dead and it runs off and you just go, yep, that thing's dead. It's a great feeling to know that you did everything right and everything went good. But if you go the other way and you have some trouble in the beginnings, it, it will take a little longer to work your way through all those things. And you'll almost need some successes of some kind in order to get you out of, it's like a rut. It can Mm -hmm. be like a rut where you just, you get in a missing rut and that's easy to do. And I can, you know, my, my early archery years, I had no problem getting near deer. I had no problem being around deer. You know, if you're not around deer much, be around them as much as you can. Right. Right. The familiarity with that helps like crazy. 
I was around deer, watched them, followed them, chased them, you know, uh, sat in trees and waited hours for them to just walk by in the off season, nonstop, just, you know, where I, I would know where they did everything all the time and spent all my time around them. So I was really comfortable being around them, but everything still changed. And I still kind of got rattled when that first one, that little five pointer, I knew him and I watched him every day, every day. And he was a real homebody and did the same things day after day after day, almost within 10, 15 minutes. He was in the same place doing the same thing every day. And I get him all squared away. And that first morning rifle season, I set up my ambush and he shows up right exactly on schedule in the perfect, you know, the, the reddish part of the sun's rising in the morning. Everything's set right up perfect. And that little thing comes right out. And we do a face to face at about 25 feet and he looks me right in the eye and my little hunter safety training don't aim at something that you can't see right Mm -hmm. i should have had my gun up a little bit because it was him and i knew it was him (laughs) but he and we both huh and then he runs and jumps and i bangity bangity bang with that lever action and didn't come anywhere near him and he ran off and i was so disappointed and and from then on, I was like, what is my problem? Even though I had literally shot, I don't know, a couple hundred rounds during the summer out of that deer rifle. I shot it quite a bit, and, and I was pretty darn good with it. And a deer, definitely at 25 yards, if it had been a paper target, I could close my eyes and shoot that thing. You know, So it, it changes you, and it changes mm-hmm. how you feel. And, it, and bringing those feelings under is, is a tough thing. It's, it's it- fun, though. When you it's a, it it's definitely a, you have, everybody has to learn their own method, what works well for them to get out of that buck fever moment mm-hmm. and do what needs to be done. Talking yourself through has been one of the best things for me. I, even if you have to use, you know, James Earl Jones or somebody else's voice to help you talk right. yourself through it, you know, whatever it takes, something that inspires you and makes you feel good and like. You know, mm-hmm. I'm Iron Man today and I'm just going to get this done and watch this punk and the helmet comes down and you go bang, bang, bang. And it just happens. <laughs> you kind of have to go into that, that lockdown mode. Yep. You, you really have to do you it just in, in, I think some of the first times I went out hunting with a lot of you guys and when I, when I locked on to something and I'm like, I'm going to shoot that thing. Right. And yeah, you guys, off. <laughs> yeah, like, all of a sudden I just locked in and said, okay, watch this. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. And you guys were in shock. Holy <laughs> crap. <laughs> You're a savage about this. Right? Oh my God. Right. You know, those, but that's what it needs to be done. Right. Yeah. How many times have we been with Jimmy? Right. And locked that, in the hubs and he just left like yeah. see you jim <laughs> yeah all of a sudden he a deer would jump up and he knows you need to be 25 yards over here to see that thing mm-hmm. he's gone he's already there right there, there's a rooster tail of leaves coming off him <laughs> and he shoots over to that spot and he's already got his gun up yeah right things twitch and that gun's up and he's right there he may not be pointing pointing but, but he's the, ready though. the gun is is at his shoulder and the muzzle's pointed down and it, all it's going to take is half a swing of an arm and that gun is up and ready to roll and the deer's you know? dead he's yeah that's the amazing thing i like about coco puff he's so on it but he's able to do it safely mm-hmm. oh and yeah efficiently yeah. and effectively and it's just it's it's almost a pleasure just to watch him go into that zone moment, like you were saying. Yeah. Like, he knows, run 25 yards, you'll see the deer, and you might have a shot. That's right. And he's already over there, ready to go, before anybody else realizes what the hell's going on. There's a deer. This is where I need to be. And then he's he, assessed the whole situation, yeah, figured like, it out. Oh, and he's like, by the time you realize what's going on, he's already walking back. It was a doe. The, the experience 
really shows. Oh yeah. Like when when you have a whole bunch of failures. Now the failures are how you learn, right? Yeah. When 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 that deer comes walking up to me and I don't even I'm not my gun is completely crossways and it's laying in my lap. I'm sitting right up against a tree and I'm on the ground and the thing is, you know, about 15 yards it comes out of this super thick cedar swamp at 15 yards and stops right there on this crunchy crispy I could hear him coming for 100 yards, right? And I didn't even have my gun generally in his direction at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could you could have your gun closer to where it needed to be without pointing it. Right. And and stay then it would just have been a slow movement right up. He came around and we locked and I should have hedge pigged him. Mm-hmm. I should have lifted it up real slow and put it right on him and went bang. And he wouldn't even have moved. Right. But instead, I yanked my gun up. Mm-hmm. And I made this giant surprising thing. Well, I don't surprise him anymore. Now I'm like a porcupine. Real slow. I have all the just, time I need. Yeah, and you just bring it up real slow. You hedge pig them, right? You just bring it up, and they just watch that little bit of movement, and it's not scary to them. And by then, the crosshairs are on them, and bang. Because with deer, they're prey animals. So in the woods, quick, fast movements mean dead predator. Especially when it started out not moving. Right. Right. When but there was something there. They're like, oh, something's there. I don't know what it is. Yeah. You couldn't scare anything but any harder. <laughs> right. But it's not moving. So I'm, I, do what's I need it? to be scared of you? Because they don't know what's going on. And like you said, that quick movement, they're like, oh, predator. Right. Gone. You know, a deer can drop its entire chest cavity from where it presently is to an entire chest cavity lower in a tenth of a second. That's incredible. Where speed. its back was and where its belly was a tenth of a second ago. Switch places. They have switched places. And yep. where the belly was, the back now is. Now, yep. see, a deer, in order to run, has to drop. They have to lower their center of gravity and load the springs, which are their back legs. Right. And their front legs, right? So they lower their center of gravity. And the first thing they do is go straight down before they run. Mm-hmm. And in a tenth of a second, that entire target has now moved downhill that is so fast at 16 18 inches you know a good big deer his his chest is 18 inches thick you know top to bottom so when that drops right and here you are at 30 yards and that deer is all keyed up at you and he's looking at you and he's alert and he hears that twang you want to be aiming low because the first thing he's got to do is go down and He'll bring his head straight, kind of. He'll if he's like say his head's a mm-hmm. ninety degrees from his body. He'll have to he'll have to start bringing it home, straightening it out, and he'll already have dropped down to where he is. So when you're aiming at that bottom third of the deer, you know down where the heart is, you're aiming at the bottom third of the chest cavity, and you pull that trigger on a keyed up deer. Even if they lower just a little tiny bit, you're still gonna hit him. Right. Right. So you jumping know, the string is what that's called. Right. So like when you're you're applying the, that kind of thought process to it, he might not move at all. <laughs> right. Some deer just stand there and they never and even twitch. And there that's goes great because you still, if you're aiming on that lower third and they don't move, still going to hit him. Perfect. Still got him. Yeah, you got him. Beauty and and he'll leak good. Right. When you right. put a hole through the bottom of the chest cavity, all the blood can run out of it and he'll leave a real good blood trail. So you know those type of things when you, when you're thinking in the, those type of terms and what's about to happen. The other thing is like when you get buck fever or you get really wound up and especially in the afterwards, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll sometimes be so wound up, you'll stop paying attention. 
And now something crucial that happened when you pulled the trigger, like where the deer was standing right. is now lost. Where they went. Where you fired the shot from, the position you were in and the position the deer was in when you pulled the trigger and how things changed, right? You, you, you stepped over 10 feet to go and see the deer finish running over the hill after you shot and you reloaded as you stepped 10 feet. You're no longer standing where you were and you might even lose track of where he was when he, when he fired. Now, there's quite a few times like on bare ground where you just see a random deer standing in the middle of the woods. You just pull your gun up, you look at it, it's a buck, you shoot and the thing runs off and like you don't have a clue where he was standing. It's almost like this direction. Right. And even that, it can take you quite some time to find the exact spot. Now, if you're really wound up about shooting, especially after you took the shot, it's really important to just like gather yourself, gather your attention back. It's really important to do that because now you want to be listening. As that deer runs off, but you can't see it anymore, you continue listening. I had to do that with Roan uh, yep. in a clear cut. But it was kind of grassy, patchy, and I'm in on a um I'm up the hill, probably 150, 200 yards away from him. Um, I see him. He runs away, and I put a couple shots right towards him, and then now he's gone. I was like, okay, now I have to stop here because if as soon as I move here, it is just grass around me. I'm not gonna know anywhere where I was, so I won't be able to line everything up to say, okay, this is where he was. This is where I shot, so that I make sure I can find the blood trail because it was all just bare ground, set 60 some odd degrees outside. So it's like I want to find him quickly, but I also want to be able to track him down. And you're an ocean of like brown swale ocean grass brown that's like three, grass. four feet thick. And so it's super, yep. super hard to find a blood, but you might have to go out and do a couple tries in order to find the deer trail. So I went and of course when we're walking around the woods, I collect some ribbon once in a while and you see trash whatever you pick it up but you see some ribbon Ooh, this might be handy for some time and i went out i think even on the video i tied it on a tree and i and then that way i could triangulate to say okay i'm i was right here he was right here and then say, oh here's some blood so now i say this is where i was this is where he was and now he, this is where he's going and it helps you track him down so that way you you are able to collect all that relevant information for when, if you have to go back or have to have somebody come help you. So right. remember to collect that stuff before you start messing it all up. Cause buck fever can ruin that. I've no. used my winter hat too. Yep. Um, with yep. my spike horn, I got in sable, uh, the one Taylor meets up with me and then him right. and I go to finish the deer. Yep. I'm walking through this little logging trail between clear cuts mm -hmm. and he's standing in the clear cut. I put my gun on him. He was really close mm -hmm. and I didn't really account for my, the difference between the muzzle and the scope height. So when he's that close, the bullet doesn't drop. It's so just I, low. It's just low. So yeah. I'm not aiming at my, my rifle sight in for a hundred yards mm -hmm. to be dead on at a hundred. So it's going to be about an inch and a half low. When it's close, when it's right. really close yeah. at 25, 30 yards. Yeah. Or so even I, like 15 yards. Right. Yeah. So I put this, I put the right on the boiler room, right behind the front shoulder, pulled the trigger. Well, it was a whisker low, which wasn't a bad thing, but it would have been a hard shot by how close he was. But of course he takes off running. I reload and run to where he was. And then I shoot again while he's running straight away from me. Mm -hmm. So I went back, stood where I shot for the first time. Mm-hmm mark that spot with my orange hat yeah i just i had a winter hat too mm -hmm. i put the winter hat on this on a stick yep. stood a stick up stuck in the mud hung a hat and i said okay now i know where the first shot was and i walked where the second shot was i marked that too so now i have a good reference point and i can reimagine what had just happened to make sense of what went what went on mm -hmm. 
and buck fever too you might you could drop your radio if you're not paying attention Mm -hmm. your gps you could drop your knife if you have a magazine in your rifle you could drop that and it's it's why it's really important to give give the deer half an hour 10 15 20 minutes whatever it needs to be to calm down and collect yourself yeah. after the moment and it gives them time if it was just a one one and done give some time to bleed out and to calm down mm-hmm. it's another great thing to like you know uh also especially if you're brand new like say you just went up this mountain for the first time and you started up this one logging road you don't really know the place that well mm-hmm. but you started up the logging road and you came on to a deer and you shot it and now you're going to go into a place you've never been before this is a good time to mark it with a GPS. Yep. Right? You know, because it, it'll give you something to do. It'll calm you down. It'll help you pass the time. And you mark the spot where I was when I shot it. Yep. Get back into that clear mindset because now you're, you're wild from all that stuff that just happened. Brings you back to where you are right now. What do I need? Yep. Then kind of an inventory on all your stuff. Like if you shot two times or three times and your gun only holds four reload mm-hmm. right we're, we're about to go looking for the deer let's put new bullets in there right let's get the keep the gun full right if i shoot and i only took one shot and the thing runs off and there's 100 yards or whatever between me and i didn't get another shot and it doesn't look like i'm going to get another one and i've got a second i'm going to open that gun back up and fill the gun oh yeah my gun is full all the time right i want that thing full because you never know. Every bullet counts. It's very easy to shoot and hit it or shoot and miss, and the thing stands there. You shoot again, or it runs and stops, and then you shoot, and you hit it. Mm-hmm. But it's not a real good hit. And then the thing runs, and you don't, you're like, man, i got to keep shooting. So you shoot again, and you shoot again. And now, like with four, like with a Magnum, right? you got right. four rounds in your bolt. You shoot, shoot, hit. The second one, the third one misses, the fourth one misses, right? So mm-hmm. now you load back up again and you got to reload right. and then right back down and keeping, it doesn't take long and you want some shells on you. I know a whole bunch of guys. I've had some come in the shop. They went hunting with three shells. I went through, um, seven, I shot seven times at Elliot. Right, my buck, my New Hampshire buck. Oh, sure, and you hit him five out I of hit the, him five out, out of seven. seven, and he, of course, he was. That was a difficult deer, but he was oh, yeah. running most of the time. I took a shot. He was running. Right. So, like when you're you're doing that, and you've got lots of bullets, you're taking inventory. Make sure your safety's on. Mm-hmm. Right. You just got done shooting. Let's load the gun. You're not shooting anymore. Get the safety on. Yep. Get your stuff together. Calm down. Chill out. Mark your spot where you are. Make sure that you're a little navigation update, right? So yep. that you know where the rig is and what direction you're breaking off the trail and going out into this area, right? As you chase him into the bushes somewhere, because you can get out there and start looking around and say it's close to dark. You're out there looking around for the deer and you can't find it and it's confusing and you're kind of in a hurry and you've done a whole bunch of circles and next thing you know, you're disoriented and it's dark and everything looks different. Mm-hmm. everything has changed right so like you you you'll have to work your way through a lot of those things and take your time slow down rethink things gather all your information as best you can and then start applying it also too the other good thing about like with the radios or even your cell phone or something is let somebody know i hit a deer something's up 
Right. Don't right. talk to anybody until you're ready to talk to them because you go pow, pow, pow. And a lot of times people are like, oh, there's three shots. That's my buddy. He's right over Is here. Is that you? And they start talking, but you're not ready to talk to anybody or listen. Or, or and his sneak, radio's going you're off. You're sneaking up on the deer and somebody's <laughs> blabbering on the radio like, shut up. Right. Yep. <laughs> or oh, yeah, the radio so. goes off and the deer spooks now. Mm-hmm. So right. it's like when, when somebody's shooting, somebody's having, somebody's having a blast in the woods, you let them do their thing. And when they're ready, they talk to you. That's when, hard to do, though. I know. It's you like, get wound up. You hear your buddy shooting that's it's hard to hard to be quiet uh-huh. you want to be like oh how, how's it going do you need help like, no. yeah Let right. him do his thing. you can see that on a bunch of our different videos <laughs> of ours where we're all happen to be gathered up and we can hear coco puff out in the out in the mountainside pow and we're like "Ooh, that's probably mm-hmm. jimmy and then pow we hear it again and like man talk to us boy you know and we can't say anything right so yeah. we're just all being quiet um, but it is what it is, you know, and coaching yourself through it, practicing as much as you can and learning your zone and what it takes for you to get into your zone so that you can just lay waste when the time comes and you'll, you'll be good at it. And you'll also be good at gathering the information that's necessary as you go. It's one of those things that's pretty tough to coach anybody through. The really only, the only cure for buck fever is to Put some bucks in front of you. You got to put some bucks in front of you. Exposure yep. therapy. Yeah, right. Basically. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much kind of what it has to, what you have yeah. to do. I, I don't know how many times I've just gathered up the sayings that were relevant that I learned about it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And you run those through in your head yeah. while you're dealing Like a mantra. It. Dad is talking to you and dad, what would mm. dad say right now? Just dad relax. would say this, just relax. It ain't happened yet. Just Jimmy, stay uh, calm. in the buck Jimmy shot last year. Or the year before was it eighteen or nineteen? His muzzleloader buck. Oh yeah, it was last year. Yeah, right. Year before. Year before, buddy. Oh my God, it's been so yeah, long. Both of and he's he was talking about that, right? He's it's muzzleloader towards the end of the day, last few minutes of shooting light, and he shoots and he missed, and it's point blank. And he, he's trying to reload, and he's talking to himself, and he's going real slow, and he's like, yeah, "Just go slow." Right? <laughs> and yeah, it's big. It's man. and it's hysterical. You know, I love that one. That one's hysterical. And yep. I know what I saw, and I'm going, ooh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the thing gets closer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Th- those are precious moments. But also, too, that advice that you got from somebody, and you see the situation pop up, and you recall that, that's great. You know, you, when your mentors are saying, you know, whoever they are, and you say, well, this is what dad would have done, or this is what so-and-so did, This right? is what the Benoits do on their videos. Right. You know, any of that right. kind of stuff. And when it comes up and you, you, re, re, you recall, recall that really good information that was key, a key phrase that makes you get back on mm-hmm. track again. Yeah. That's what made my last couple deer, my last two, my last two I main, that's what allowed me to have it go as smooth as possible. Yeah. And finish it off. Was that little mantra. Just relax. I was hearing your voice yep. in my head. Just relax. You have all the time you need. Okay. I have, all the, I have all the time I need. Put the scope on the deer. The deer winked at me. Yep. Both of them did it. Go ahead. And just, okay, I have permission now. So I just put the gun on it. Pow. It was over. Yep. Cool. Yep. Now we're good. Yep. Hopefully, hopefully this is kind of giving you guys some ideas. I will make, make this... Uh, deer season go a little bit easier and help you help you deal when that big buck comes into your uh, sights and stuff or when you're out tracking and you finally have a chance to you know get the one you've been looking for or when you work really hard like you guys had said earlier when you really want it and you've been working really hard the all the drama and all the moment leading up to this can kind of wind you up but coaching yourself through it 
going through a few of these moments, you'll figure out, you'll figure out the pocket, you'll figure out the, the kind of flow state that you need to be in in order to chill yourself out and get it done and go through that kind of checklist mm. after the moment's gone through, right? Yeah. Where you were, how the situation went down, making sure everything's made safe again. You know, is your gun loaded? Is everything okay? What happened? And how to proceed from there. Um, if you have any other questions and things that are kind of like related to this or, you know, things that are, uh, that are knocking around your head about deer season, about hunting or about anything that we can uh, answer for you guys, you can send those over to our podcast email uh, and we're on all the socials and stuff. We're looking forward to a good deer season. We're winding down. We're only a few weeks out from head to main. All of us are super, super pumped. We're hammering in the shop and trying to get everything and getting all the gear organized and stuff and been shooting for a while. And we got to put some more rounds through the rifles and you know, get all of our muzzle loaders and stuff yeah, done. We got to do muzzle loaders. Yeah, I know. I'm That's I'm coming. so ready. I'm so ready to just get out there and, and get away and I can't get some miles the under the boots. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Wear out another pair if we can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might have to get another pair of boots. I got to look them over to make sure they're gonna yeah. be able to hold up this next season. Yeah, I know. I old, we put a lot of miles now. on them. Jimmy and I are gonna dig out the old woodsman arms and. Yeah. Fire them muzzle loaders yep. a little bit. And Those would be cool. I can't. I'm I'm pretty psyched about that. I can't wait to try it out. And see what it's going to be like here. Yep. And uh, put we'll a review of that up on uh, YouTube, maybe. Yep. Yep. If it um, works good for you, and if you like this it. subject too, we'll probably take it up um, when it comes to taking somebody young out. Yeah, and, we want to do that. We'll help. Uh, you know, so a few guidelines to or a new people. hunter. Yep, for a new hunter. Yep. 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 Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you in the next podcast episode or video that you watch. And coming from you from the shop here, all of us at Mountain Deer. Happy hunting, guys. Take care, guys. Get a big one. Have a blast in the outdoors. Good luck. We'll see you later.